everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on my podcast, house.com. Tony Shebeki with you, Welsh and Lyle. Hello, boys. Very good day, Tony. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, mate. Lyle, how are you, buddy? I'm going well, mate. Going well. Hope you two boys are good. Yeah, we certainly are. Uh, of course, we are brought to you by the Australian Wrestling Network that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Well, she's some fantastic stuff on there at the moment. Yeah, a lot of stuff from um, Ballarat Wrestling back in the days going up. And um, that stuff's much better than I remember it being. It's really good. So um, definitely worth checking out. It's not that expensive. Um, and it's the best place to catch the most Australian wrestling. Atlas Whitaker. Good interview, good uh, good feedback from last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, great story about the weight loss and and the battle with the, the the little man on the shoulder and and good to see him having some success. Yeah, re- really good. You know, um, well, obviously watching it live at Deathmatch uh, down under, seeing you could actually see it in his face of what it meant. You know, having the crowd give him a standing ovation, which obviously. He probably wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, it's only up from here. Bigger and better things for him in the future. Really looking forward to our uh, guest tonight, Welshy. Yes, so am I. It's um, a guy who's um, he's trained at the Farley Dojo in New Zealand, so he's involved with New Japan Pro Wrestling and PCW in Melbourne and He's a Geelong boy, mad Geelong supporter. I think one of the few Victorians who only managed to get to the grand final last year. Um, welcome to Jake Taylor. G'day, guys. How you doing? Yeah, good. we're really, you? we're really good, Jake. Good. Very good. good. Very happy with the Cats win on the weekend as well. Uh, have you guys got a team? Uh, our team's all Tigers. On the Tigers. Uh, uh, it's baseball season at the minute, so I'm uh, not following the football. <laughs> He's a Collingwood, Collingwood, Collingwood supporter. Collingwood. Yeah, Collingwood. Collingwood. So, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Hey, what, they fell through the They're pumping. Poor Buckley. I feel bad for Buckley. I don't think, I it's, don't his think it's his fault. No, no, it's not his fault. List it's his list management. It's terrible. Yeah. I was just, I was listening yeah. to Trade Radio all um, you know, in the off-season and stuff, and Jesus, they just they were pumping uh, Buckley and what Collingwood was doing and Trelaw and everything like that was ridiculous. Yeah, certainly was. Um, surely, surely, what Geelong did to West Coast is a work, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> squash match, squash match, a bit of a squash match. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, a little bit of a handicap as well. It was. Um, I've been watching the replay a little bit too many times, and often if your team wins by that much, you start to feel a little bit sorry for the other team, but. When it's West Coast, probably not. Yeah, no. Yeah, not not so much. Oh, I got a my brother. He's got a friend that plays for West Coast, so yeah. But still, I can't say West Coast. <laughs> I'm the team. I'm fine with their fans. Not so much. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin Cheat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so first, JJ, before we talk, I was going to ask you guys what's what's the go with um, JJ Ferno? What's 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 this? Yeah. He's still on seats. Still, what's going on here? Amazing. Don't talk to us about it. Um, Lyle, something happened to you on the weekend, didn't it? Oh, I tell you went to Luna man. Park, didn't you? I went to Luna Park with the kids and my nephews and um, my family in the rain as well. So I wasn't having a good day to start with. Like mm. One, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to stay and watch the footy, if I'm honest. Um, so I go on kid. a few rides. And then 
kids, um, go on the Ferris wheel. It's boring yeah. as batshit. It just goes around and every two minutes it stops to let other people off and people on. I've got onto my carriage. I've had to stand the whole bloody time, Tony. 45 minutes of standing because JJ Ferno had stolen my seat. There's only four seats in there. Yeah. My two kids, me, JJ Ferno, and my wife. They all got seats except for me. This is uh, yeah. That's embarrassing just... now. Well, the worst part of it is he's been stealing my seat for over for months now, and now he seems to have turned his attentions to you. I, th I think it's um, opportunistic, if I'm honest. I know you're moving house at the minute, so maybe he's not sure where... My seats are all wrapped up. Yeah, so maybe you don't have your seats out. They're uh, in transit. Um, yeah, so he's moving on to me now. You know, last week, it popped up in my bedroom, which was weird. That was so, very you know, weird. There's, there is no seats in here. There's no seats, as you can see. Like, I'm, you know, I'm laying you know down on my bed. Um, that was weird. But Jake, you know him better than us. Is yeah. Is this something that um he's known for? Yeah, look, it's it's kind of interesting that you guys brought up over the last few shows because um we've had to have a few meetings about it with the boys and the girls uh, with their suitcases or their gear down, um just to be careful that you know look put something down there to reserve the seat or else JJ will steal it. So anytime we've had, especially this year, we've had a lot of new talent come through the door to WrestleVerse, you know, Kellyanne and Emmett, and we've had to warn them. And they know now, just to be careful. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're, we're actually a public service announcement for wrestlers and wrestling fans around the country. Um, basically, he's not to be trusted around a seat. Well, I've, yeah, I've heard that they've had to actually change terminology in Parliament. They can't use the word sitting member anymore, just in case it's not true. <laughs> I just imagine the Prime Minister not being able to sit down and JJ sitting there in question time, like arms folded, drinking a beer. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I'm glad you, you guys are PCW are over it. Yeah, we are. Well, we've, had a, we've had a word from uh, RCW when uh, JJ was down there recently. And, they're, um, you know, we've had to warn them as well. There's been issues down there as well. And um, we're just, we're kind of a little bit paranoid that he's giving us a bit of a bad rep at the moment, um, especially if he wants to be going to like, you know, New South Wales, Queensland or anywhere around Australia. Like we're just a little bit stressed that um, we'll get that bad rep. So, yeah. yeah. He is representing PCW's good name, which has been he building is. and building over the last couple of years. Could be all flushed down the toilet from one individual. It's oh, well, seat, when you go into the toilet, there's no seats on it. It's true, and so look, I just got an uncomfortable night. Yeah. Anyway, I just got I just got invited to his twenty first birthday as well, and it did say on the invite musical chairs would be the main feature of the night. BYO um, chairs. Yeah. <laughs> imagine no. you imagine you get there and there's like two hundred people at his party, but he's yeah. got six six hundred chairs just random. That they, they don't match. He's just picked them up from everywhere. I didn't have to hire these for the party. I already got these. Um, well, anytime we've had chair matches or TLC matches, he's always put his hand up to say, "Look, if you <laughs> need extras, got some." Is uh, it is it true that PCW have unisex toilets? And the common thing <laughs> that used to be yelled out was, "Who didn't put the seat down?" Now they're saying, "Who took the seat?" Exactly. So <laughs> well, they all know. They don't ask that anyway, uh, enough about JJ Ferno. Um, yeah, please. Not our favorite person. Um, I want to talk about you and. Yeah. 
so you're a Geelong boy and PCW used to have the school down in Geelong. Is that how you started with the company? Yeah, we did. So we, um, I was basically just to give a quick history. Um, so I was pr- pretty much, I was playing footy down here in Geelong and um, I just kept having, uh, I was playing for Geelong Amateurs and I was playing for Lara as well. And it got to a point where I just kept doing my hammies, kept doing my groin and um just, you know, you start getting to that point where you're waking up every Saturday and you're saying, you know, what do I keep doing? We kept losing as well. So just like mental health and all those things start weighing on you. And you just, it got to a point where I just wasn't really happy playing footy. And then I was listening to um, Talk is Jericho with, and I had uh, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson and Hartley Jackson, Australian wrestler. And he was on there talking at the end and said, look, you know, if you're an Australian wrestler or if you're looking to get into wrestling, now's a great chance and great time. And that was back in 2017. So I kind of listened to that and I just said, you know, I'll send him a message. I found him on Facebook, just sent him a message, not expect any return or anything. And then, um, you know, just said, oh, look, I'm Jake. I'm from Torquay. I'm keen to get into wrestling. And he sent me a message back within five minutes saying, you know, here's a school in Melbourne. This is what you should do. Good luck with everything. Unfortunately, the school was like, it was at 5.30 on weeknights in Melbourne City and I live in Torquay. So there was no chance with work and everything that I was going to get there on time. Yeah. And then, so I, I kind of left it for a week. said, so look, oh, that sucks. It's not going to happen. And then, yeah, a week later, a, an ad popped up on Facebook saying, learn how to wrestle in Geelong. And <laughs> I just said, what the, what the hell? So I, um, you know, as you do with some things, said, fuck it. And um, signed up and sent off the um, email and, yeah, I got a message from uh, one Danny Psycho an, an hour later saying, come on down and start training. So, yeah, we were training down in Geelong and then, yeah, it was incredible to be able to do that. And Danny Psycho, obviously, who's just uh, just wound up his career, so we'll say mm. for now because no one's ever really retired in wrestling. But Especially um, Danny. <laughs> an, amazing, an amazing icon of Melbourne wrestling. What was it like? um to learn the ropes under danny it was um the thing with danny was he kind of i think as you can see with danny he just kind of it's all it's all 100 let's just go for it let's he probably the only downfall of danny's teaching the basics probably got a little bit skipped with psychology stuff but all the moves everything like that we were going for it 100 miles an hour and then but um you know he said to me you know, six, nine months would be the chance you get your first match. I ended up getting my match in three months. And, um, but before you know it, we, you know, Danny was moving to Thailand to, um, for work. And then, so the Geelong school closed and then that turns into uh, Edward Dusk, Thomas Crowe and myself having to travel to um, Melbourne to PCW's Academy, you know, two hour drive. Not even Melbourne, not the ass end of Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, because you're a Geelong boy. We're, we, we're from the western suburbs. We know yeah. how far it is. Yeah, it, it, it is a drive. And it was, um, look, it is painful. Like for the shows, I don't care how far I have to drive for a yeah. wrestling match. But when it came to training every night and like some nights, it was luckily we did have, you know, Edward Dusk and Thomas Crow to be able to do those things or else you go a bit crazy on the road driving up and getting back home every night at like 12 o'clock and, um, but the good thing about, you know, those basics with the, um, the psychology and everything is that PCW Academy has one of the best teachers in Australia and that's tricky. Um, and he's, I highly recommend anybody if lives in Victoria to train under tricky because he'll teach you everything that you need to know about wrestling. 
he um, sees it differently, doesn't he? He does. And he's been overseas. He's done everything he needs to do. And he's, he's one of those coaches. And what I respect as well is if you're eager to learn, he's, he's happy to give you as much time as you want. Just He's got a wealth of knowledge. And if anybody that shows that, he'll, he'll gravitate to you and he'll try and help you out as much as he can. Talk to us. Um, so Thomas Crowe and Edward Dusk, like both really talented young wrestlers. Yeah. Tell us about those car rides. You guys must have um, solved the world's problems going up and down that highway. <laughs> well, it's we did, and it's it's interesting because like PCW, the way I've seen it, and I think when I first started, every other company we saw is like again bring it back to like football, where you've kind of got your senior list and you've got your your two. So we've got our ignition roster and then we've got our slam roster and the good thing about any football team is having a list where you've got players that are knocking on the door trying to get on that senior team so and that's exactly what we have at pcw academy where you know dusk and crow like we're always pushing each other we've got like a healthy rivalry where we're both we're all pushing each other to try and get better and then you've also got the pcw academy where talent like I could talk about the academy for ages, just with the amount of talent that's coming through there that are trying to get opportunity and fighting and clawing to get there. And you look at someone like Murdoch, um, who has been on Slam, and he was trying to get those ignition matches, and then he reached out to um, you know he, he bet on himself, and now he's doing great things over at Deathmatch Down Under. And um, I went to one of their shows recently, and he got one of the biggest pops of the night. He's getting. Him and Aisha are getting amazing pops um, yep. at DMDU. And it's funny because I remember I was at, um, remember that charity show? I don't know if you remember the charity show they did for the bushfires. Um, yeah. Murdoch was on that show and I was sitting next to someone who doesn't get to PCW very often. And she mm. said to me, I always like seeing the new PCW wrestlers. They look like wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's kind of a tricky one. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for this. But every time I've I've talked to wrestlers from other companies and stuff, I um we get called we get told the same thing, which is the, the PCW bubble. We get yeah, we get told that all the time where it's um you know, you guys have got all this good talent, but not, the problem is only you guys know about it. it. Seems to be like a secret over there. CW know about it. Fans from other companies around Victoria and outside of victoria um don't really know who we are but then when they do get that chance to see us wrestle somewhere else it's just like where where the hell are these guys from and that seems to be the thing like with our academy we've got people like indy hartwell the philippes royce chambers now jj Furno's pushing out murdoch we've got all this talent that's now kind of getting that more exposure around australia which is really big for us and really big for australian wrestling even the rb4k guys are starting to branch out that little bit as well um and, I mean, we've been a champion of the guys and girls at PCW for a while um, just mm. because we're lucky enough to see the talent often enough to yeah. know what's down there. Um, and I do recommend anybody who in Victoria to, to get out to those shows, especially those monthly shows, um, because especially this year, they've been next level. Yes, this year has been incredible. I guess it comes with like we've had a year off almost so everyone's kind of eager to be able to show off all these new things and do everything but um you know we've brought in Mikey um to PCW as well and he's changed things up 
with ideas and we've got some new fresh things that we're looking at doing and looking exposing obviously we're on fight tv now and then on high spots and so, so we've got all these exciting things happening and where they're kind of pushing wrestlers to not feel you know restricted and just being at pcw go out learn somewhere else as well but you know this is our team this is our what we represent everywhere you go as well yeah bring those eyes go find those new eyes and then bring them back yeah, and that's what's happening, especially like with Royce. Like Royce Chambers is, he's probably traveling the most out any Australian wrestler at the moment. And he's, at, you know, as you see with those kind of guys, if you kind of bet on yourself to go do it, like that's the problem with, I think, a lot of wrestlers in Australia. And that's an issue that I've had where you kind of get a little too comfortable at your own company and you're not going to get that exposure until you, you know, just bet on yourself and go somewhere and do something else. And wrestle like look, he's been wrestling at MCW, Deathmatch Down Under, um, and other companies where I think the you know like the PCW crowd um, is you you know obviously we've got like a PG rating so we have got that a uh, crowd. It's all about knowing your crowd as well. Like I remember Austin Aries did a seminar and said like know what your crowd likes and what they're looking for, and try and you know work with that. So our crowd is you know want to see a heel, they want to see a, a baby face. So they, they want a clean, easy story to follow. Then you can go to other companies where, you know, that maybe they're more smart marks, let's say. So they already know that it's, you know, certain things. So they just want to see certain moves. They want to see, or they, you know, now with deathmatch, some people just want to see death matches as well. So deep down, everyone wants to see a story and that's just how you decide to tell that story. Yeah, um, exactly. And you get to switch that up wherever you are. And that's good for development. Um mm. I mean, you spoke about betting on yourself, and that's something that you've done. Though you, how, yep. how did you get involved with Farley Dojo? Well, I was, I'd moved to Melbourne um, with my ex, and I was living up there, and it got to a point where we were just, you know, you're doing your sat. We were doing Saturday shows every week, and um, and spoiler alert to fans out there: Australian wrestlers aren't paid big money to wrestle on Saturdays. <laughs> um so if you do have a chance to buy a t-shirt to support the guys it will help pay for their fake tan and their taping <laughs> it makes they, a huge difference though like i've spoken to fans who think wrestlers are earning hundreds of dollars a match and they are not no not in australia not hundreds thousands. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of handshakes a lot of handshakes um uh, but we're that's the thing. So if you get a chance, if you're a fan of a wrestler, you know, to support them, really do buy a chance. If you have a chance to buy a t-shirt or something just to help them out, buy it. Because as you know, with, especially with the Geelong boys, um, like we're traveling, most of our, <laughs> our payments are going towards fuel just to get to training, just to get better. So, um, but yeah, but back to Farley, son, he, um, yeah, as I was living in Melbourne, it got to a point where, you know, I think every wrestler is, they're doing it on the weekend is, and it get, comes to that decision where am I doing this just for fun as a, as a Saturday kind of thing or do I want to take this serious? Do I want to go to that next step? And I had that conversation with my ex and I said, I, I think I can back myself and I can take this somewhere. So well, you're I a good looking a... guy. You've got good size. <laughs> no, there, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll agree with that. No. Um, well, I thought, <laughs> I thought, uh, so I reached out to the dojo, um, NZ Dojo, and just, I said to him, like, you know, I'm keen to 
to come over. I saw there was a tryout and I was talking to Stevie Philippe because he was over there with his brother, Tom. And he was telling me like, you know, this is the best thing I've done. This is really good experience. I'm learning a lot of things that, you know, to kind of help me out. And obviously you make that connection with Farley-san who, if you want to go to New Japan in Australia or New Zealand, you have to know Farley-san. You have to be, have that connection or else, you know, it may not happen. So um, yeah, bought a flight to Auckland and um, did the tryout. And um, yeah, was was living there in June with, um, you know, other Australians like Caveman Arg and uh, Tree Hugger Lucci as well from PWA. And um, yeah, I was there for six months. What's that experience like um, living at the dojo, training every day? Um, was it like, and that camaraderie with, the, with all of the people in the dojo? Well, it's the camaraderie is like, so the first three months I was there, um, you, you really, it's, it's quite different to, I know we'll talk about the Japan, but like the difference between the two dojos was really that where the guys that you're living with in New Zealand are become your brothers and you're kind of encouraging each other, you know, we're ye- yelling at each other to get through the drills. And like, I remember doing the tryout. I remember we had to start off with, you know, I think it was a, I don't know how long the run was, but then we came straight back and we're puffed and we had to do 300 Hindu squats straight in a row. And I couldn't, and we did all this workout and I couldn't walk the next day in Auckland. I remember <laughs> I had this quick, weird story where I was walking back from my um walking to go get some food and then back to my room when i was staying over in uh, for the tryout and these kind of shady characters started following me for some reason and my legs were complete jelly from (laughs) the squats (laughs) so i'm trying to like limp away at a little bit of a pace (laughs) i said if the legs were normal i'd be fine with this but because i can't even walk it was a little bit of an issue but anyway but uh yeah once we to live at the dojo in New Zealand, the good thing about Farley-san is he did the dojo in, New- in, uh, in Japan. So he knows, you know, he told us exactly what we have to expect. And he said, New- New- like, New Zealand's dojo is hard. This is going to be really hard. But Japan is a, a next level. So what we're going to do is we're going to train you up to a standard where you're going to get there and it's not going to be, you know, death pretty much. So we would um, wake up. Uh, clean the dojo would have groups where they'd clean the toilets to clean the dojo clean the kitchen clean outside and then you start your training and training would normally start off with anywhere between you know 300 to 1000 squats hindu squats um but before that a 2k run and then we'd get into push-ups um a lot of cardio and then by the time you could you were absolutely dead that's when they're like all right let's do some wrestling training (laughs) <laughs> thanks yeah it's well the, it got to a weird point with the squats where anytime you saw 200 300 or 400 it was kind of like yes <laughs> thank god an easy, easy day. day easy day but then um yeah but anytime we we stuffed up there or if you made a mistake with cleaning or if you didn't greet one of the senpais there properly it'd be punishment which would normally be a thousand squats and um, yeah, we had a day where Caveman Ugg uh, didn't clean his dishes properly and left a <laughs> spatula. A I don't know if he's out. ever done it before, exactly. Exactly. So we tried to plea that, but it didn't work. Um, no, he left a spatula in the stink 
and that costs two thousand squats. Oh lord! So that was so the whole um, team. A very fast who, day for all of us. It doesn't yeah. matter who the punishment's directed at. The whole team has to do it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So if, yeah, if one of us fails, we all have to do it. So it would uh, be popular. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think we were meant to have like kind of a going away thing. So it was coming to the end of our thing, and um, just between us, I think they may have. Uh, didn't organize a going away thing and <laughs> just said, Oh, we better do something. So here's the 2000 squats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, uh, uh, we, we, we've all, we've all played footy here and done our preseason training. Of a preseason, of a preseason training compared to six months at a dojo. Yeah. How, how far away from each other are they? Uh, well, I've never vomited before during a preseason, but the first day into uh, the dojo was we're doing these wall climbs where you you're in a push up position and you're walking up backwards up the wall into a handstand and back down, and we're just doing reps of those while Fale sons yelling at you, and um, yeah, I just I remember getting up, running to the bin, vomiting, coming back, knee. Son, she was counting again. Because <laughs> everything we did there, um, like we always counted in Japanese. So we're doing our squats to a thousand. We're counting in Japanese. We're greetings are in Japanese. So it's just preparing us for Japan. Um, and obviously learning that respect through Farley-san. But, you know, like when Farley-san created the dojo, I think his goal was to really help uh, Polynesians in New Zealand, to help, you know, Tongans, Samoans, Maldives, Fijians around there. And um, to give them that opportunity, like there was so many days while we we're over at the dojo where we had kids that were less fortunate that would be invited to come in and watch training or he'd reach out to schools or anything around the community to try and help people come in and say, look, you know, life might, life might be hard right now, but here's an opportunity that might be there for you. And like that happened with um, Hanare-san who's now wrestling for New Japan, where if you ask him, he'll tell you that he was an angry young man and confused on what he was doing. And then Farley's son gave him that opportunity and now look at him. He's, he's killing it. You call, him, you call him Farley's son. We know him, of course, as bad luck Farley. Yes. Uh, most people would kill to spend a day or two with yeah. that sort of wrestler, a, a guy that has accomplished so much in his career, mm. to spend such a period of time as you said, over a six-month period of time with him, the amount that you must learn from that man yep. is amazing. Oh, it's incredible. And it's him and Tony Kazina as well, our, um, our coach, and he helped coach him when a son was on excursion in America. And um, so he's down there as well. And we just... Faleson, he's obviously... You've met... You guys have met him before. He's a big, intimidating guy. We've spent um, an hour with him and we're petrified. Yeah. My, my phone went off during his press conference at New Japan at Festival Hall. <laughs> uh, I, can imagine, I can imagine the look. Um, it's it's he's can be the most intimidating guy, but he's also just the most insightful. And there'd be days at the dojo where obviously you have those days where you're doing your thousand squats and you might go, you're counting in Japanese, you might be at 950, and then you go to 970 by act or 971 you might skip 10 by accident because you're counting in Japanese and then he'll come out of nowhere and he'll look at you and you like start again or like 
do another 200 because of that. And you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> like, come on, follow. But there'll be days where you just, um, you know, we'll go to the sauna for recovery and he'll sit in there and he'll just kind of talk about mental health as well. He's big on mental health. He'll talk about um, setting goals. And he's really, the good thing about Father Son, he was really open about everything and open about his own struggles, um, life struggles and people that he's helped and also himself. And he told me one thing, um, when we were driving once and he said to me, look, you know, the main, the best thing I ever did for myself is I, I stopped putting myself first and started putting others first. And then once that started happening, cause you know, we're living in South Auckland, um, which is predominantly a lot of Tongans around that area. A lot of Polynesians and Fale Sons recognized heavily around that area. And I remember once we went to a, uh, a restaurant and there are a couple of biker gangs <laughs> around that area. And we saw, I think he was like a president of a biker gang. And we walked in like, oh no. And then Farley, he saw Farley's son and he was pretty much up to him, going up to him like, oh, g'day. hey Farley's son, hi, hi Farley, how are you doing? And just everybody around that whole area was really respectful to him. And um, cause I know how much he does for the community and for what he does for a lot of people there. But he, um, as I said, you just pick his brain about wrestling and just make sure not to ask any marky questions because that would be his, his one thing, which would be don't be a mark. <laughs> I think he said that the first day. He said, uh, you can ask me questions, but just don't ask me any marky questions. Uh, the man can eat too, can't he? Well, he's a Tongan. <laughs> <laughs> We've been at the dinner table. We've been at the table with him while he's eating. Um, he, he can. And drinking, he was drinking butter out of a cup. <laughs> yeah, he, him and Gino, we... Oh conducted our interview while they ate lunch <laughs> yeah I, thought, I remember seeing that photo i know jano can eat and Farley's son i remember anytime we went for dinner and Farley's son ate something i try to i remember the first time we went at well, we went for breakfast with uh jado son as well and uh whatever Farley's son ordered i made sure i ordered as well just to be like yeah i can i can keep up with you don't worry about that <laughs> but um yeah he can eat and then but we'd have nights where we did uh, kava. Have you ever had kava before? Yeah, I haven't. It yeah. tastes like dirty water. Just mud water, <laughs> dirty mud water. Yeah. Yep. It's like a root from a plant, and they um, they put it in like a big tea bag kind of thing, and big cup, and you stir it around and everything like that. And it's meant to relax all your muscles and everything. And but yeah, we had to drink so much of that, and there'd be some days we'd wake up the next day and just feeling dreadful <laughs> from it. <laughs> Doing when you get to that 500th squat, you kind of start to feel it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And what what about obviously on the on the end of that um, mm. traveling to Japan to train? Yeah. What obviously that's a you know a lot of wrestlers' bucket lists um, mm. to live and train in Japan. What what was that like? It was a um, so. I remember Fale Sun had a chat to myself and one of the other guys, Oscar Munchau. He's a German from Hamburg, 6'7. And he said to us, Look, um, the office is watching you too. Because there's a webcam set up at the dojo and they'd be watching now and then. And um, he said, Look, they've been paying attention to you guys and there's a chance that they'll be sending you over. So uh, we went to pick up Jada Sun from the airport once and um and we're all stressing about this trial like you know we better nail this workout we have to do really well and he's 
coming out off the plane with about a hundred other Japanese people. And as we have to do with our greetings at, in New Japan, we have to say Oscar Samades. Um, but for us, because we're young boys, we have to yell Oscar Samades. So we've got a hundred Japanese people walking in our direction at Auckland airport. And Oscar and I just like, Oscar Samades. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's turned and looked at us and we're just bowing. And then he came up to us and we introduced ourselves in Japanese. And um, he just kind of quietly looked at us. I won't do his accent, but he just looked at us and he said, very tall, very handsome. And then he asked so our age. And then he said, I think, uh, I think Japan, okay. And then we pretty much got picked. So we got picked at the airport <laughs> and um yeah, we're pretty happy with that. So the, the drive home and then we didn't really have to worry about the training because I remember I, I didn't train that well that day, thank God. But yeah, they ticked off on it. But um, yeah, so with that positive news, it was good. But the unfortunate thing was I'd been away for six months and the, um, the ex wasn't exactly happy that this might turn into more time away. So unfortunately, we, we did break up um, before Japan. And then um, yeah, I was on a few days later, I was on a flight to Tokyo and um which was incredible because we got there waited for Fale Sun, and we got to the uh, dojo around about 12 o'clock at night woke up everybody there which was a bad <laughs> first impression um so we had suji Sun open the door la dojo boys were there as well and um we said look tomorrow the next day there's going to be a lot of wrestlers coming uh to go through their matches for wrestle kingdom so just be on you know on your guard and just make sure you're doing everything correct and um so we woke up the next day and the first person to come through the door was chris jericho and i'm just like oh, let's got some of this <laughs> hey chris jericho <laughs> how are you doing and like I, again i just had farley's son's uh voice in the back of my head just saying don't be a mark don't be a mark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's like don't, don't be a mark and so I just, um, yeah, and then all the wrestlers started coming in, Tanahashi-san and um, Osprey and all these guys. And we just, um, yeah, just did all the greetings. And, yeah, then the next day we're there at Wrestle Kingdom. And that's the year Robbie was wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom, wasn't it? There was. Because I remember, like, we got to Wrestle Kingdom, we got given our tracksuits. I think Farley-san gave us the tracksuits that fit him and didn't fit us because we had 3XL. So... Oscar got <laughs> we're running around with these big baggy tracksuits and um which I'd yeah and then I remember just before so before every show young lines and young boys have to train um again so we've, we'll do our four hours of training at the dojo then get on the bus bring everybody's suitcases on the bus bring everybody's suitcases from the bus to the rooms and then you go to the ring do your 200 squats do your rolls again and bumps. So, and that was the first time where we had to do all that, except we're in the middle of Wrestle Kingdom, the Tokyo Dome, doing rolls, doing bumps with every single wrestler that's going to be on the show watching you. And you just, you got Farley's son looking at you like, I can just tell in his head, he's just like, don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're representing ourselves, but we're also representing him in the dojo and um, we don't want to embarrass him or embarrass ourselves so i remember doing my first roll in the ring and it was a, a new apron and i just i rolled and my right foot slipped and i was just like shit <laughs> <laughs> just quickly bounced up but uh yeah 
Um, but once the show started, you saw Gino Gambino on commentary, and then you saw Robbie Eagles making his way to the um, the ring, and I was like, God, oh, this is pretty cool. We've got three Australians here, and in front of all these thousands of people, and it's, I think, um, like that whole night, I it got. To, I think by the time Naito's match came on, um, that's when I had to kind of stop myself and just be like, all right, just take this in, just kind of breathe it in for a second and just because the crowd went crazy when he came out and um i was there yeah uh, you guys were there weren't you uh, no that was my one the law was the year before but yeah it was uh incredible that sound yeah it sounds sounds to me like the epitome of surreal yeah it was exactly what it was and like um because I, I remember just looking over at Oscar and he looked at me and he's just like, this is, what, what the hell? <laughs> and it's just, I just had to remind myself that all the work that I put in in New Zealand was to get here and um, that I earned it. I wasn't here because the whole time I'm like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? But I had to keep reminding myself that I earned, the, you know, the right to be here. We had, we had a similar, I suppose, surreal moment when we were backstage at Festival Hall. Mm. New Japan were there and you see the wrestlers walking around and, and he's sort of a, a little bit involved with it. And that was, that was amazing. But for someone to be actually entrenched in it, I could just yeah. understand a, a, a memory you'll never, ever forget. No, definitely not. I just, you know, we had the first night, we had the second night. I think the second night I had the chance to more relax. The first night I was kind of on edge being at the show and making sure I didn't do anything wrong. Because when we were, you know, backstage, I didn't know... There was a lot of famous Japanese people there and I didn't know who was like um, of, let's say, of importance there. So mm. I was just kind of saying Oscar Samedes to everybody. I was running past back and forth. So Oscar Samedes, Oscar Samedes. And then, um, but yeah, it was just surreal. But that was kind of the happy, easy part. But then the training began the next day and that was the, um, yeah, <laughs> that's when things got real. But the thing is, it would give you an indication of why the training is so hard. Yeah, of course. All yeah. of a sudden, you've got this massive audience, this massive event called Wrestle Kingdom, and mm. it's making sense now as to why I need to do what I've got to do over the next couple of months because they only want the best of the best, and I've got to be there. Yeah, it was, it was kind of it was good that it was, it was perfect timing, and that's what exactly it was. It was just you see this and say, this is what we're aiming for. Like, just imagine being here. I've got this opportunity to make this a reality. So I got to make sure that these next three months are going to be the the hardest I've ever worked. And then obviously the world shut down at the wrong time for you. Yeah, it was. Um, well, the training was the training would start. Um, it go four hours, and the, it'd start off with you know your, your squats and all the things we did at the dojo, but we wouldn't get the the breaks in between. We wouldn't get a drink break, so we wouldn't get a drink break for the first hour and a half, two hours, and then. By the time you can't move, that's when we'd start wrestling training. And it'd be every day. But the, the thing in Japan that was different was they're big on not showing, you know, showing that fighting spirit. New Japan's big thing is fighting spirit and constantly showing that in your matches and in training and not showing any pain. So at the dojo in New Zealand, we try not to show any pain. But if you physically couldn't do a drill, there'd be another drill to substitute with and do that drill to be able to continue to train. But in Japan, if you can't get through one drill, you're getting kicked out of training. Yeah. So it's, there's no like, can I do this? Like I, I when I was over there, I had, um, I injured my Achilles and I remember pushing through the pain 
And then we had to keep doing skipping drills. And I was speaking to physios back home in Australia saying like, you know, what's the worst what's the best rehab? What, what shouldn't I do? And they're just saying, don't skip, don't do any skipping. <laughs> and I'm telling, I'm trying to tell Azuka-san, if you've ever seen Azuka-san, he's got a, a 12 inch black beard. He's got shaved eyebrows off by choice and shaved head. Um, and a big history, obviously, with New Japan being crazy. And um, he's a legit MMA fighter as well. And uh, trying to tell him that I can't skip is <laughs> one thing that I'll never do again. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, he's, I still get nightmares thinking of Azuka-san. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the first, I think there was a week where um, the Achilles started to hurt. And I thought he was going to throw a barbell at me at one point. But um, luckily, he didn't. Well, Jake, it's, so it's been, what, 15 months since you've been in Japan? Yeah. Has anyone, yeah. have they remained in touch? Do you sort of? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still talking to some of the, the young lines over there. And, like, I got along with, um, you know, the, the LA Dojo boys as well. And, um, obviously, we've got New Zealand Dojo, Farley's Dojo, New Zealand Dojo um, that I've been in touch with and, and looking to go back and continue my training and everything. Um, so, but last year when I got back with COVID, I, I chose not to come back to Victoria. I chose to go to Queensland where I have family and um, kind of do my rehab on my Achilles there and, and just kind of clear my head on what I want to do going forward. Because I think obviously going through the breakup and obviously going through the, the dojo, it's really hard on you mentally. And yeah. I remember there'd be days where I kind of only really had um, Oscar there who could speak English besides a couple other guys. And you kind of be, you'd feel a bit alone at some points where you go to your room because when you're a young boy, you have to be downstairs and constantly be seen. You need to be in the kitchen cooking. You need to be cleaning. And you kind of, by the time you get to go to bed, which is around about 11 o'clock, that's the only time you really get to yourself. So you kind of in your head a little bit there to go on, you know, questioning everything. And then it just had to, when I got back to Queensland, it was a chance to kind of clear my head and say, you know, let's recharge, let's get going again. And let's, let's get back to Japan. Were you in Japan when Royce was over there? I was, but as a young boy, you're not allowed to, not allowed to leave the dojo unless you go do groceries. So I do, <laughs> I, I messaged him. I said, yeah, if you want to come get some groceries with me. <laughs> 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 but I, um, I, I saved a, uh, there was a magazine that came out over there I saved, that we used to get delivered. And so I saved him one of those and gave it to him. But yeah. he uh, he met a couple of the other New Japan guys there, Gabe Kidd, and um, I think Carl Fredericks was there and hanged out with him one night. But it was it yeah, was unreal, yeah. unreal to have yeah. a race in Japan. Yeah. He, um, it's good to see like two guys from PCW, though. I mean, both over there at the same time mm. have... Um, PCW been tapping into some of the stuff you've learned since you've been back? Yeah, well, that's been the main thing is um, they were really keen. They were asking me, you know, when I'm coming back, what's the go? You still, you know, are you coming back to Victoria? And I said, yeah, I'm coming back. And um, I'm keen because they asked me, like, do you want to take some training nights for the guys and teach them some things? Because I remember um, when I came back after the first three months in New Zealand, I, I watched a show and I could just see things that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. after that training there and then when I came back from Japan especially I was watching shows from us and from other companies and just seeing things that I never saw before and I um, I wanted to help PCW because again if bringing it back to like you know the football team like with our with PCW if one of us kind of plays bad or puts on 
a bad match. It reflects on the whole company and everything. So we want to all make sure that everybody's delivering. So I had, you know, information that I could help people get better. So I took some lessons. Um, some people didn't show up the first training session because they were a little bit scared that they were going to be squatting <laughs> for like two hours. <laughs> Name and shame them. Name and yeah. shame them. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tipping Tricky would have been one of them. <laughs> JJ Ferner. JJ. Lucas would eat up a thousand squats, wouldn't he? <laughs> but he, um, no, so we, the main focus was on just showing that aggression. Cause as you said, like with that, that fan that talked to you about, um, seeing PCW guys and seeing yeah. people that look like wrestlers. And that was a big thing that I just wanted to get across to the guys. Cause you can watch some, obviously the slam shows, which are as development, um, or more than ignition. And you kind of, I always tell them like, you just don't be a group of guys wearing tights that are playing wrestler. That's one of the big issues that I have. Like, if it just doesn't, if the crowd doesn't believe it, then, you know, if you don't believe it, then the crowd won't believe it. That's the, the thing. So it was just about making everything legitimate with the, the strikes and the facials, the aggression that you have in the ring. Um, Cause, but you know, when we're in New Zealand, we had to learn how to kickbox. We had to learn how to box. We had to learn all the amateur wrestling, jujitsu. Because by the time we got to Japan, everybody there, even if they're a comedian wrestler like Yano, let's say, that does a bit more comedy, he's still an Olympic level wrestler. And it was one of you guys throwing shade at Yano recently on a pod. Because I thought oh, I heard gee. one of you guys. And I was just oh, like, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I was shaking my head listening. I was just, I can't it's believe it. It's just not my favorite. No, he, he does the comedy by choice. It's not because he's a bad wrestler. <laughs> no, I didn't say he's a bad wrestler. I just said I don't, I don't find him funny. No, I, I found all his matches just super enjoyable. But he, um, very, very good. But, um, and that's the thing. I think when I came back, it was just showing that, being able to teach some guys some aggression. And even like, the thing I like that, you know, with Tricky as well, is we want to help people that want to be helped and that want to learn. And there's an issue with Australian wrestlers where I've met wrestlers that are like, you know, I think I'm really good, but I'm not really going anywhere. It's like, well, it's because you think you're happy at where you're at right now. You're kind of at this level and think that being at that level is going to be good enough to go places, but it's, it's just not the case. Unless you're main event WrestleMania, then you always should be trying to get better. And we've got... um a lot of our talent that are wrestling on slam are just constantly wanting feedback and i'm getting the problem is now that i've been back in australia i've got all the guys from slam sending me all their matches so i'm having to watch every single (laughs) match and just analyze it for them and give them feedback which is fine and guys on ignition and just um the good thing is i'm you know these guys are hungry and they want to learn and they're constantly asking me and i'm letting management know these guys are really keen and these guys are eager to learn as well well, Jake, we know that you're trying to improve yourself all the time. What have you got coming up uh, to help you get better in the upcoming months? Well, we've got um, we've got ignition on this weekend, but we've got the weekend off, which is good. To I've just had a, a couple of things that have been lingering, um, but I've been trying to. We've got Carnage that's going to be coming up on June 12th, one of our next big shows as well, and I may be on a certain tournament. That might be waiting for an announcement as well, just on the quiet for uh, something else. But um, 
Look, Ooh, just we've, already, we've already had one exclusive on that tournament. Oh, really? <laughs> no, we've got one coming up. Could, could we've got be one coming up. Different tournament. Could be yeah, one completely coming different. up on a different. It could be a different tournament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be different. Yeah. Could be. Let's just you say it's totally exclusive. <laughs> it's meant, well, the tournament's meant to be a certain weight class, but I feel like there might be only two other people that might be on that weight class, if you know what I mean. Um, but. Uh, we've got obviously with Carnage and hopefully just looking forward to getting my hands on Charlie Matthews at some point because we were meant to have yeah, a match. He's been a thorn in your side, hasn't he? Yeah, look, we were meant to have a match at Revenge and we've been building to that match. Um, he called me out and, you know, called me a bit of a tryhard and trying to, you know, with all my wrestling. Like, so the thing is, I went to the dojo to train to get better. I went to New Japan to get better came back a better wrestler. He went on a reality TV show called Love Island, which got cancelled, but now apparently it's been renewed. And he got his 15 minutes of fame and then decided to call himself Australia's, you know, the face of Australian wrestling. <laughs> Just, he's this lanky six foot five model that puts on Hulk Hogan-like pants and calls himself a wrestler. And he... Um, it just, I don't know. And he, the, the fact that he called me out to wrestle, I said, look, you call yourself the best. I want to wrestle the best. Bring it on. Let's have a match. And then come wrestling night, he uh, complains that he wasn't paid enough and he got offered more money to go to an, a bar and make an appearance in Chapel Street. So he, yeah, typical Charlie. So um, ducking you, ducking you for sure. Yeah, well, I'll pay. I'll pay the match out of my own pocket just to get my hands on him one uh, at Carnage. <laughs> I actually, I actually think he got his fifteen minutes of fame when he came on the turnbuckle. <laughs> well, you probably did, but because uh, all his followers, I've been getting random messages from his little fourteen-year-old followers saying, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, be, hurt "Don't hurt Charlie! Don't hurt Charlie! Don't be mean!" Not in the face. Don't and hit him in the face. Now that What's the show the is airing, yeah, now that the show is airing on the uh, in the UK, I'm starting to get people from the UK sending me messages oh. like, "Don't hurt him, get the nice boy," because he spent. I think he spent ninety percent of the show crying on there. About, <laughs> I think, for, like whenever a person left on the show, he'd cry, and they're like, "The guy, you've known him for a week. What's going on on this show?" <laughs> I, I heard, I, I heard that um, someone took the bins out and he cried while they were out there. So. Oh, well, apparently he, he blames a bad edit. He says, bad edit, bad edit. I, I, I'm not like that. Oh, it was actually really funny. And like, um, they didn't show the full scene. I, was, I wasn't crying. And, um, but yeah, look, I think it's really exciting what's going on with Australian wrestling. I think the, the positive side of COVID is it's actually, it's kind of locked everybody in Australia, but it's given the opportunity for Australia's best wrestlers that are here to kind of give more exposure to different companies, yeah. giving more exposure to other wrestlers. Like, you got Robbie Eagles wrestling at different companies. If you have a match with Robbie Eagles, that puts notice on you. That gives mm. the company that he's wrestling for notice. And like we've been, as you've got Kellyanne who's signed to Ring of Honor, she's been wrestling with us. That helps Asia. That helps give her more, you know, popularity around Australia as well. And I think there's there's good things going on, especially you know with Deathmatch Down Under. They're they're putting in a lot of effort, putting in a lot of money and time into their company at the moment to try and get wrestlers from all different states where, you know, Melbourne wrestlers may not have seen the chance to come and see them. They may not have got the chance to see Mark Davis wrestle before. And then there's their opportunity. That's fantastic. um, We're looking forward to seeing what happens with you over the next few months as well. Yeah, Yeah, I am as well. (laughs) Cause I, um, 
yeah, I've got some things planned and obviously we've got the dojo. There's a really exciting things happening at Farley Dojo at the moment um, that I can't talk about. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't give an exclusive on that, but there's some big things happening there. And um, yeah, just looking forward to everything going forward with Australian wrestling. Thanks for your time, mate. You've been so open about everything. We've really appreciated it. Uh, all the best, mate, with the future. We look forward to uh, keeping an eye on what you are doing and, and how things go. Too easy. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Jake thanks Taylor joining us here on the Turnbuckle. I came to play. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get down on your knees. And welcome back, part two of On the Turnbuckle. Fantastic chat there, gentlemen. Yeah, um, good hearing about Jake's time with Farley Dojo and PCW. Yes. Looking forward to seeing him uh, get out into some more wrestling around uh, around Victoria. You know, he's yep. got the uh, New Japan and Japanese training behind him as well. So, experience now. Exactly right. All right, guys, let's get into our serious news segment here on the Turnbuckle. And to do that, as always, Eleni Thomas joins us. Hello, Eleni. Hey, guys. How are you going? We are all okay, I believe. Once again, I don't want to speak on their behalf because I could be totally wrong, but I speak on my behalf and I am well. No, you said okay. You've now upgraded to well. I'm getting better every minute. I'm probably, I'm probably better than Mark Carano who uh, no longer has a job with the WWE. Yes, absolutely, yeah. So WWE Senior VP of Talent Relations, Mark Carano, was fired by the company early this week due to an incident that occurred with the recently released Mickey James. And so as first reported by Raj Giri of Wrestling Inc., Mickey James tweeted a photo of a trash bag containing her belongings, which were mailed to her after her release. And so in the tweet, she tagged Vince McMahon, stating, dear at Vince McMahon, I'm not sure if you're aware. I did receive my at WWE care package today. Thank you. Hashtag always blessed and grateful. Hashtag women's wrestling matters. And so Stephanie McMahon, Triple H and John Laurinaitis all apologized to James on Twitter for the incident and that the person responsible for the incident was fired. And shortly after the apologies, Fightful Select issued a report indicating John Laurinaitis personally called Mickey James unapologized. And the report also noted that Lauren Isis pointed the blame for the incidents to Carano and that it had been taken care of. And what's really sad about this news is that it isn't the first time a female wrestling or wrestler has been given a similar care package. Maria Canales took to Twitter and announced that she had gotten a care package from WWE when she was released from the company in April of 2020, as well as the legendary Gail Kim when she left the company a decade ago. So this just seems like Bit of a bit of a disaster, to be honest. Uh, sorry, am I missing something here, boys? What what's a care package and what's in this care package? I think it's whatever stuff of theirs was left behind um, at the company. To be honest, ah, so it's the empty the emptying of the locker. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, I've been called a trash bag a few times, but um, I don't think it's that kind of trash <laughs> bag that I've been sending. Um, I, I, I noticed there's not a lot of tears being shed for Mark Serrano or Carano, whatever his fucking name is. Um, all I know is that he's uh, he's not a popular man when it comes to WWE, and uh, there's some stories that have been coming out about him on Twitter that if they're right, he might 
have a few more skeletons in his closet than than we even know about. Yeah, the alleged stuff from the like the divas shows and stuff like that being, we'll say creepy. I don't want to go. He looks, he looks like a into. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, that's unfortunate. He looks that way as well. But um, I don't know how how you can treat, regardless of their tenure in the business, Hall of Fame worthy talent. This is a billion dollar company, and for their HR department to treat recently released uh, employees like that, come on, how much? How many? How much would it cost to ship it in a nice box? And you know, we do wish uh, you in your well on your future endeavors. Yeah, I work for a multi-million, multi-billion dollar American company, and there's no way that if we, if I was uh, let go, that my stuff would come to me like that. It just no. It's just a problem with process that there shouldn't be a should there should be enough processes in place that it's actually impossible for that to happen. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see a post on Twitter from the WWE with a box entitled care package and his name on it <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think tip for tat's the way to go no like probably said, not but... right it's i don't know if it's a lose your job worthy there must be some other reasons because there's no way that this is lose your job worthy to me no oh it's a gross oversight um maybe they've heard rumors of him being uh, the other allegations that might come out, maybe it was just let's cut this off before it gets worse. Um, but I've, they were already restructuring that department, so this might yeah. have been a good opportunity. <laughs> it might have been the shove, yeah, the to get brownie points while attacking someone. <laughs> it's not, it's not a not a bad way, but um, yeah, mate, Tony, they might bring out a uh, like a Repo Man figure oh. with accessories being. Uh, future endeavoured trash bags. Um, what about instead of having a, a money in the bank suitcase hanging from the top of a ring, they have a care package? Uh, I think the TNA did that with um, their cash in a ladder match and above the ring it was, if you yeah. opened the wrong case, it had you fi- you're fired in it. So, uh, like why you would go in a match like that, that's classic TNA. Um, um, the other thing is, uh, isn't... Um, Carano, the guy who usually rings people to future endeavor them, who rang him? Yeah, <laughs> surely Johnny Ace. He would have loved it. Reminds it. Me, it reminds me of the old Simpsons episode where um, Milhouse's dad gets uh, let go by the cracker factory and he said, Oh, so that's it. Goodbye and good luck. Uh, we don't recall wishing you good luck, <laughs> <laughs> but goodbye. Uh, Is all his stuff getting when he? Gets his desk cleared. Is it all ending up in a garbage bag and sent to his house? That's what I said. Surely, surely there's going to be a care package sent to him. I want to see it on Twitter. <laughs> I want. If Mickey, I was in America, Mickey James. If I was in America, I'd try to get sacked just so that, like the start of every movie, I could be walking out of the office holding that box with my pot plant. <laughs> I feel bad that as an adult, I haven't got to do that yet. <laughs> no, you've been forcibly removed by security. That's right. You, please do not go back to your office. <laughs> No, that's the dream. The dream is to be removed by security, so you'd have to sit out your um, you have to sit out your notice period and get oh, to go on gardening leave. Good point. Hey, let's, move, let's move forward to some Impact Wrestling and AEW news, Lenny. 
Yeah, um, so the fate of the AEW World Championship and the Impact World Championship was decided this past week at Impact Rebellion, with AEW World Champion Kenny Omega defeating Rich Swan at the event and stripping him of the Impact World Championship. And so Omega pinned Swan for the win, ending his 184-day championship reign in the process. And as the stipulation for the fight was a title for title match, Omega now holds both of the titles. And so in addition to the previously mentioned title belts, he is also the AAA Mega Heavyweight Championship, making him a triple champion at the moment. And I guess in addition to that, um, he also holds two world titles for two of the biggest wrestling companies in America. So pretty pretty big win for Omega, especially seeing as, you know, he's got this gimmick going on about taking all the belts. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes next with this. Yeah, because I think they might have booked themselves into a corner and I'm not sure what impact they're going to get out of it moving forward. But one thing that stood out to me, because Omega's not the biggest wrestler, like size-wise, but I saw a photo of him and Rich Swan standing across the ring from each other and they were presenting as this big, big fight. But Rich Swan looks tiny even next to Kenny Omega. It's like... I find it difficult um, to take Rich Swan seriously as a main event guy. Yeah. Uh, he's a good wrestler. I, I, got, I really enjoyed him in WWE. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's that, that, that visual for me um, was like, oh, yeah, he's very small. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't watched Impact in a while, uh, a long time, even though... The reviews are good. The TV show weekly is good. Um, but I watched the the main event to see how it would go. I thought it was a really good match. Uh, their styles work well together. I still believe Kenny Omega's one of, if not the best wrestler in the world at the minute. So he got a great match out of Rich Swan. Um, Rich Swan's a fantastic wrestler. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm just saying it put it on a map. Put them on a map. I'm assuming... He loses the title maybe in a multi-man match, uh, the TNA title. He can lose it that way without getting pinned. So it doesn't look like an impact wrestler pinned the AEW champion. Um, I'm assuming that's the only way to get out of it. Um, but no, I mean, There's plenty of ways to get out of it. It's wrestling. Well, with everyone having their head held high, which I'm assuming that's the deal going in. Uh, not everyone just except the poor old Rich Swan. Yeah, well, obviously, obviously, everyone assumed he wasn't going to win the AEW title. That was never going to be. No, it could only be Omega or Schmoz. Kenny Omega is yes, one but... of your favorite wrestlers, isn't he, Lenny? Yeah, no, I do really like him. I, yeah, I think it's an interesting sort of decision, like you said earlier, like backing themselves into a corner, because I think. I feel like, you know, like from the fans, the natural progression would be to see him then end up in WWE, but that's obviously not going to happen. So I don't really know where where they're going with with this one. Um, but yeah, no, I love the match as well. Um, I thought it was really good. But yeah, I'm, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens from here. I feel like that's the, the biggest thing. Uh, I think it'd be fantastic if Kenny Omega went to WWE and took the AEW championship with him. WWE would hold on to that and I'd never get it back. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Tony. First episode, they'll put it in a bin. It's uh, wrestling, Welshie. Nah, that, that would never happen. But he might ring of honor, maybe. Um, Japan. You know, you know, the oh, obviously Japan, Japan is every wrestling fan's dream. 
for it doesn't have Kenny. to be New Japan. No, well, if he's going to be the ultimate belt collector, uh, I'm looking forward to it. If he gets more titles, better than the last belt collector we had, uh, Austin Aries. So this is this Indy is definitely Hartwell. an upgrade. Indy Hartwell had three in Australia at one stage. Yeah, Indy three belts. Indy three belts, yep. Well, speaking of Japan, Eleni, some news coming out of Japan. It's not good, the fact that uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling had to cancel three shows due to the state of emergency in COVID over there. Yeah, yeah. So like you said, um, obviously due to this recent state of emergency declaration from Tokyo, um, New Japan had to cancel three of their shows that were scheduled for next month. And so the company announced the cancellation on their website, stating that as a result of the state of emergency declared across Tokyo, New Japan Pro Wrestling has arrived at the decision to cancel three events on the road to Wrestle Grand Slam Tour on May 8th, 10th and 11th. And so they went on to say that they apologize to fans who were looking forward to these events and that all the tickets for the cancelled shows will be refunded. So very sad news for sure. Yeah, those shows all at Corrigan Hall as well, boys. How are they going to have an Olympics? Yeah, I was going to say the same myself, mate. It's going to be tough, surely. Uh, it's, it's got disaster written all over it. Um, I'm assuming everyone just assumed the um, vaccine would be rolled out within a couple of weeks and we just go back to to life as normal, but it'll be rolled out everywhere except Australia. We won't be able to compete. Yeah, well, you know, we're not, we're not going anywhere anytime soon unless we want to go that's, to New Zealand. That's fine. Don't worry. Our prime minister was chosen by God. We'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, like um, it's like the Blues Brothers. Not my God. <laughs> I'm an atheist. Well, no, I didn't so choose him, Tony. I'm an atheist. So does that mean I don't believe he's the prime minister as well? Exactly. Technically, um, I, yeah. Like all, I, 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 I every morning I wake up and I hope he's not the prime minister. <laughs> all Japan wrestling—they're running um, shows without fans at the minute. They've got their Champions Carnival on at oh, the minute. That um, DDT, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So in the Champions yeah, Carnival, a close friend of the show, Slade Mercer, was in a couple of years ago. Um, well, I think he's got well, hey, delete his number. He's not. He's not a close friend after what he said to us last time. Well, you did track down his number illegally, so maybe you weirded him out. I don't think that doing a, a Spokio search that I learnt off Catfish is illegal. <laughs> Yet to I be proven. That is. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. Oh, you need no. to watch Catfish. And uh, to finish Everyone off... Everyone watch Catfish. I don't even know what it is. To finish off... Oh, news... Watch it. God, would you shut up? No, not finish off a Lenny. News of a pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. So to end the news segment on a happy, positive note, um, Ronda Rousey announced her pregnancy during a recent YouTube video she posted. Um, so during the clip, Rousey referred to her future child as the baddest baby on the planet and revealed that she is due on the 22nd of September, meaning she's already roughly four months into her pregnancy. And so congrats to Ronda Rousey. All the best for a first child. And I'm sure when that child is ready to wrestle, it'll be the baddest baby on the planet. I don't know. Thinking, that might be a stretch. I've been told that I was a horrible baby. Most women actually look forward to their baby's first kick. I'm thinking Ronda won't be. If it's anything like her, it's gonna, could do some damage. Could be arm bars everywhere. That's no, it. We're not touching that any further, boys. We're leaving that. 
I don't like making jokes about women's pregnancies, Tony. Do we know who the father is? Is she pregnant? Is she married? Yes, we do know who the father is. Who? Her husband. <laughs> what what do you mean? Married? I wasn't sure whether she was married. <laughs> she is married, yeah. She, she has oh, a nice. Beautiful. Congratulations to them both. When Eleni didn't put the husband in there and just said congratulations oh. to Rhonda. He's not, a, he's not a wrestler. He's not a W. He's an no MMA fighter. It is a, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah he's true. an MMA fighter. I might have been the test tube. I don't know who the father. The father might have been a test tube. I don't know. It's Vince McMahon. <laughs> it's Vince McMahon. <laughs> now, that would be a real news story, right? Oh. Now. <laughs> and on that note, we can't top it. Uh, Eleni, thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. No worries. Thanks, guys. See you later. Lenny Thomas with the super serious news segment here on the Turnbuckle. All right, boys, let's move on to some other stories. Chelsea Green has been stirring up some controversy. What's been happening there? (laughs) This is the internet overreacting, but um, Australian uh, graphic designer, Salsa Boy, who does some, I think he did some work for Murdoch and for DMDU. He, did a graphic and she shared it and used it. And then he messaged her asking for her to credit him, not for money, just for credit. So she deleted it and blocked him on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) So now she's getting shit. And in all great uh, wrestling apologies, wrestling apology 101, we'll call it. She's done a notes apology um, where she doesn't say sorry or I apologize at all. Um, and then she got hauled over the coals again. So she got another 24 hours of the news cycle because yeah. of her apology. Wow. So as, if someone at their wrestling school can um, introduce a apologising on the internet class, I think you'll have the best <laughs> wrestlers. <laughs> I, I feel she could, she could have just easily apologised in the private message and, and then go back to her post and add another thread to it and just... Put Salsa Boy in there. Quote tweet it. Yeah, I'll quote tweet it with the. It's easy. It's I understand easily to have an oversight of you don't credit someone or maybe you don't even know. We've made that mistake ourselves. Yeah, you don't know where the original came from because if people if it gets traction because if it's good, uh, understand that I a cancelable offence and uh, being dragged over the hot coals for twenty four hours embarrassing overreaction from wrestling Twitter but we know what the cesspool is um, but then they doubled down with the notes. We love you wrestling Apolo- Twitter don't ever do it to us <laughs> yeah um, hashtag cancel Lyle I don't have a oh, no, account so I'm fine there so if you're going to be cancelling me you'd be using the uh, Tony Shebeki with the blue tick um, send all hate tweets towards me through him Tony doesn't know how to use Twitter, so you won't see it. Like, Twitter's probably the only one that I do know how to use. No, you, trust me, you don't. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> you know how to open the app. Deathmatch Down Under have been announcing names for their heavyweight title tournaments. Yeah, this is getting ridiculous. There's some of the top names in Australian wrestling, Tony. Who's Who has been named like? Who? Tommy Knight, Gore. Uh, Royce Chambers, Charlie Evans, JXT, Chanel Phoenix, Tyson Baxter, AJ Istria, Richie Taylor, Caveman Ugg, uh, Candy Lee uh, from New Zealand, 
someone got announced today, which I don't have on my list because I did that. got announced today. I tell you what, I've got an announcement. Oh, well, what? you're in. You're nominating. I'm announcing someone. What? Is this official so announcement or are you just announcing someone? This is an official DMDU heavyweight title tournament announcement. Oh. On the turnbuckle really, exclusive? It's an exclusive one. So uh, DMDU um, will be including one of my favourites, Sammy Falcon in the tournament. I spoke yep, to Sammy. Good. He said, and I quote, this is a chance to show what I've done over the past few years, an opportunity to get eyes on one of the best that this country and industry has to offer, a chance to live up to the hype that I've created for myself. Oh, I'm look at you, Mr. Journalist. Man. I'm not a no, subtle no. man. I'm not a humble man. I'm just good, really good. And you'll see that regardless of the outcome. So Sammy's in and Sammy's uh, as PCW as wrestlers come. So this is um, a real blurring of the lines and a real um, sign that DMDU and PCW wrestlers could really be popping up on each other's shows. Good. Good Good Well done. Well, I mean, honestly, I'd love... Are we going to start to see BMDU wrestlers on PCW shows? I hope so. I hope so too. I think that'd be fantastic to see Gore come out and uh, destroy some rookies on, uh, on PCW. Be fantastic. Get his, hand, get his hands on Carl Grove. Oh, oh, we'd all love to get on Carl Grove. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm just thinking from the fans' point of view with the uh, SEC arena. It'd be, uh, be good. Mate, congratulations on that exclusive. That's just... I'm a big, yeah, and I'm a big Sammy Falcon fan. I think this is um, a lot of people who are going to see this show won't have seen much of Sammy, and they are in for a freaking treat. Well, fantastic. Hey, uh, the Miz documentary on WWE Network. Have you had a chance to see it? Yes. What do you think? I'm halfway through it. It's very good. It's very good. Um, it's amazing how much footage they've got of him talking to camera from back in the day all the way through his career. It's like they were planning to make this documentary 10 years ago. Um, it's really good. You get a real um, sense of of how much work The Miz does. Yeah. Well, he's um, definitely show, shows his longevity in the business. 15 years, I think he says, you know, 15 plus years. Um, obviously, an ultra fan starting out and then and then reality TV segued into it. Being uh, in the locker room because he's just a naturally hateable person. Um, uh, the person who kicked him out of the locker room, I only refer to him as the person who kicked him out and that person. No, 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 no. It's the family killer. Oh, oh it's the other guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. The worst one. So they don't, they don't mention him ever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's it funny because was... JBL was was always was a hater of the Miz and then switched, and yeah. so he's one of the talking heads who's really putting the Miz over. Oh, it's okay, a, I haven't got I haven't got up into that. I do, I do. He yeah, at, at the start, oh, he goes through different uh, costume and wardrobe changes. He always had shitty <laughs> looking uh, cheesy <laughs> ring gear. Um, the short, the long baggy shorts, uh, that faux hawk. Um, he was easily hated. I think is it Brian Gewertz is talking, one of the talking heads in it, and he's mentioning that what they picked up on from 
tough enough in the real world that he'd be a natural heel um, straight away. And Cena, um, Cena's played such a big part in his career, and it's interesting to see that sort of dynamic as well. Um, and I don't know if you have to do the part where he comes out as the Rock. And um, no, not yet, not yet. So the part where he comes out as the Rock, and um, they say you're the Rock tonight, and he says to Vince, "Well, how? I'm not a six foot four Samoan." And he goes, "If you believe you're the Rock, they'll believe you're the Rock." And you see the reaction from the crowd, and they actually believe it's the Rock until he takes his glasses off. It is insane. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it now. And I'll finish that off tonight. That is crazy. Uh, speaking about TV shows, season three of Dark Side of the Ring, also starting up. Yeah, next, yeah, starts, next week. Yeah, next week. And it starts with a double episode of Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman, yeah. Um, That's, so I think it's a longer season this season as well. Yeah, it's uh, 14 episodes. Uh, they're going all out. Um some of the yeah, actually, uh, I'm looking for the Luna the Sean episode. Yeah, that's really such good. an intriguing character, and um, her her wrestling story be a great one to be told. Um, you got Nick Gage, Ultimate Warrior, Dynamite Kid, which would be great. The Steroid Trial, um, the WWE Plane Ride from Hell. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for to. That was just, just be comedy fun. gold. Um, is it Brock Lesnar and Kurt having? Olympic wrestling matches. I think, Vince does, I think Vince has a wrestling match on that. Vince, plane, Vince right? gets involved. It's wow. people Rick getting Flair's their hair cut off. Naked in his uh, yeah, people get, get their hair, hair cut off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure people are getting uh, their drinks spiked with Somers at the time, which you know highly frowned upon these days. Um, yeah, frowned upon I, them. <laughs> not in the wrestling business. <laughs> unless you did it, unless you did it they Unless you did it to Ken Shamrock and then um, he'd come after you. But your tag team partner would hit him with the, one of those old-style telephones. A lot to look out. forward to. Guys, you know one of my favourite things about going to a wrestling show is having a feed. It can't be. It is. What? The quality, well, when the quality you're in, of... The alcohol no, doesn't he, mean as much to me as it does he went to, to He went to Chicago. Was it good food there? Nacho yeah. Hats. Yeah, Nacho the, the food at wrestling in Australia, at least at most shows, is pretty poor. It's rubbish. Uh, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. It if it's 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 got to reach the there standards are exceptions. of local there footy, are exceptions. local footy canteen. There's Should nothing like a, there's nothing like a good pastizzi at NAW in Albion. Well, if they ever start running shows again, we'll get a pastizzi there, Tony. Look, I don't, I just think. A lot of the wrestling shows happen around good eateries, but they don't have that much good food inside the venue. I miss in the venue. I miss I miss the um, the Frankfurts at uh, the Essendon MCW shows. They were fantastic. Yeah, the Ukraine uh, Hall. There's too many shows with zero food. Nice hot dogs at Riot Wrestling in Adelaide. They were. I've been to Riot City Wrestling in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. When did you go there? Last year. No, you did. He interviewed Brooksy. That wasn't right, City. Where was it? You're at ACW. Hey? <laughs> was it really? Yeah. I heard that the hot dogs at Riot City Wrestling were fantastic. <laughs> the wrestling business, Tony. Riot City Wrestling can take the credit if you've given it to them. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I, but Tony, I, I've seen you eat some absolute... You'll eat anything, if I've come to learn, won't you? 
We should do we should do a documentary about <laughs> wrestling food. I don't know if sort of like man to... sort of like man what's that man, man versus, versus food. food. Yeah. Tony versus wrestling food. So no, and that... I could and I could sit down with some wrestlers and talk about the food. We could have like hot dog eating competitions, all that sort of stuff. That'd be good. It'd be a good doco. Yeah. Um the steam dim sims at the Glenroy Bowls Club are good. Um, I've been told on oh, good authority. Yeah. Uh, the fried dim. The fried you can't dim eat dim sims around another person. You the can. fried dim sims are pretty good at PCW, but if you're going to get them, make sure every other person in the crowd is eating fried dim sims because they are horrible to sit beside if you're not eating them. Um, they can lift their game, Tony. I'm still. Was it MCW that ran uh, the Brewery Brawl? And they had the taco yeah. truck there, and yeah, they had some food vans there. We, uh, that was that was great. The issue with right. food vans is sometimes the service is a bit slow. Well, the lines. So, were so can I be in charge of doing the food reviews? If we can ever get you to a show, yes. All right, beauty. Excellent. Look forward to that. Let's have a look at some of the upcoming events around Australia on Friday night. BCW returns to Burwood. Royce Chambers versus Mitch Waterman. In a first-time match there, that they're should in be Burwood. great. You sound surprised that they're in Burwood, Tony. No, I thought they were in Burswood. I thought it was like a Perth show, but it's not. <laughs> uh, RCW, in Hater We Trust, live from Hindmarsh. That'd be Grab yourself a hot dog while you're there. Maybe good Olympic venue right there. GCW versus PPW Vendetta is on in Sunbury. A Hindmarsh, They've got so great barbecues Hindmarsh. in Sunbury. Great barbecue in Sunbury. That's a glass barbecue. PCW oh. Ignition is in Ferntree Gully with Kellyanne versus Chanel Phoenix, Emma the Kid, JJ Ferno, and Edward Dusk. Yeah, it's a good card. Watch out for your seat. Watch out for your seat out there. Uh, JJ Ferno's wrestling. Your seat should be safe. Buy yourself should some be. Dim Sims. He won't come near you. That's a great card. Uh, Newey Pro. What is it? Hoose among the gum trees. I just Who's love that you can gum never gum pronounce the name of Nui Pro's shows. Hoose <laughs> among the gum trees. It's always Hoose. <laughs> from Gateshead with a stacked card including Charlie Evans and Kai Drake and Matt Diamond and CJ Phoenix. AWF have Blue Mountains Mania in Katoomba. And then on Sunday, the 2nd of May, DMDU Burden of Experience in Seaford. That's all happening over the next uh, few days. Big weekend. Massive weekend. Big weekend in wrestling. Hey, boys, look forward to catching you soon. Bye. Yep. And thank you for joining us right here on the Turnbuckle.